Too far into this, you are out there. How many hours a day you think you're out on that road right now? Um, five, anywhere from five to eight hours. I want to know what's the feel like out in these Corona times, which you're out with the people. Are you hearing what are they like right now in those Corona times? Um, it's weird out there for sure. <laughs> Do they all think you're carrying something and they don't want to be by you or, or are they on their knees kissing you, loving you <laughs> for doing that service? What's the feel of the people out there? Uh, well, everybody's really nice, but, uh, how nice, how's the gratuity? Is it up? It better be up if they're as nice as you're describing. Gratuity is up a lot. Yeah. Okay. People. okay. So people putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, they are. They are. It's nice of them. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to kind of get out on the table early on. But I don't. Uh, see, I don't see most of them because most of them now just have it left at the door. Kidding. So I see, like a lot. Most of the time, you know, I go through drive-through, so I don't really see. I I barely see anybody, and there's no one on the roads. It's it's weird. Well. It's, Weird. It's what you're describing is another abnormality in these corona times. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into the draft, of course. Uh, we're going to move through a couple of issues. Uh, did you uh, did you start the series yet? The Last Dance, the the thing we're supposed to go crazy for, watch every second. Did you start it yet? There's a lot of hype about it, but I was uh, I got caught up in the extended version of Kingpin tonight with uh, Big Earn and Munson going at it. So it is uh, no shame in that, huh? Yeah, so I'll have to watch it uh, another. Night. I'm sure it'll be on every day, all day. I mean, what else is on? So they'll just keep playing that. We're not used to not being able to binge the thing, and they're going to spread it out over a series of weeks. They did give us two for two tonight. Uh, I taped it. I'll, I'll, I'll shove it in. You'll have to stay current because outside of that, athletically, which we're going to get into, we have the draft and then sort of a blank spot. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about why there may not be a chance. Well, let me see. Would you have a better chance of throwing a snowball in hell this year or playing college football? Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty easy. No brainer, but go ahead. We'll entertain an idea. If there could, if there's a way we could play it, we'll hear it. Um, Everyone seems to say Burrow's a number one, can't miss. 
don't even consider trading the pick. Stay right on it. Okay. And then you start to get the little debate between Tua, okay, and out of nowhere, essentially to uh, runner-up bridesmaid, perhaps too young, Joe Burrow, finest college season maybe in history, um, Justin Herbert. Um, why is Herbert just not uh, such a not miss? I saw the Arizona State game. Um, you're saying he's uh, definite. People are saying he's. He, yeah, he's he's launched he's himself not, into not. ascended himself into that numbers that second quarterback taken ahead of even Tua. And remember when Tua first came out and rallied and saved the tide in the bowl game, we couldn't get enough Tua ever since. And this Herbert's coming; he's caught him. Well, yeah, Tua. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about her. I don't think he's just bursting on the scene now, but. Um, and then to his injuries, it's got to be a big question mark too. But it was one ascending while one was descending. Is that how we kind of met here for a uh, a coin flip at number two? I think so. But it is funny, you know, how fast things change, you know, because at the end of the season, most people were down on Herbert and saying he wasn't, you know, big game quarterback and all this. I. You know, I've watched him a lot, too, obviously being in Pac-12 here. And um, it's hard for me to say because of that offense. It's just not like a pro offense, you know. So I I don't really know what to make of him. And I don't like uh, the head coach either. So it's – I. I'm I'm up in the air with him. I, I think if you let me go, let me read you let let me read you a piece of statistic, uh-huh. and, and see and see if this doesn't bring some clarity onto who he might be and what you might be getting into. Um, this is thirty TDs to six intercept. Okay, this is a passer rating one fifty seven point nine. Okay, Justin Herbert has yeah. Good, but not great, but good. Really similar numbers, you know, kind of a head. Who, who do you think I'm describing? This was also the second quarterback um, taken just a few years ago. Who do you think I'm describing when, when I put those uh, comparisons together? A 156.8 passer rating that last year at Oregon versus a 157.9 for this other. It's Mitchell Trubisky. It's, and so, you know, Mitchell Trubisky only lasted about – I don't know, 10 weeks before he was thrown into the uh, the dump and the sewage uh, nationally. Um, he was maybe reached for, got really hot late into the draft, like you just described. Um, well, I see a ton of similarities, other than the fact that we already know cats out of the bag on Mitch, probably overpaid substantially, especially when you you know what you had behind him in those drafts. Um is there not a same fear with Herbert, or is it because he's six six two thirty six, a little different animal? Even if he's not as um, refined as you might like here. Yeah, that's always you know a big draw for. Well, I mean, gee, we don't have to look too far from here <laughs> with Elway. Um, yeah, like some big. Yeah, I mean, and and he's mobile too. I mean, it's not like he's just a big Joe Flacco back there. I mean, he can move. So there's a lot to like about it. It's just hard to tell. I get skeptical when guys, quarterbacks especially, get hot late because you know it's all, you know, stuff now. 
you know, uh, because when they played, you know, uh, it's a different story. So it's like, well, there's just other factors that these teams look at and they get enamored with guys and stuff. And I think if they looked at being a football player more, (laughs) you know, they might do better in the draft because there's a reason a lot of these teams are just, they just keep drafting at the top of the draft. You know, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And see, that was my concern is that, You know, we always make this same mistake where we get caught up in the hype lape. And, and I think you sort of touched on it. Let me go a little deeper than it is. If Justin Herbert was the specimen, they just needed to see a little proof into his senior. Why are these experts? Why would see not a Heisman leading front running candidate? Isn't this number two quarterback in the college football system? Every year, almost always a, an early Heisman season candidate as well. I mean, wouldn't you have to be that elite? And, and so why did they miss so poorly as far as um, him hyped all season? It's because it's come in late. It's probably had some PR behind it. He's got the big body. It sounds really good. A couple teams have the need. Um, and then I think, and then we're going to talk about this young player, Hawaiian Tua. <clears throat> Excuse me. His descent has almost, you know, if your house is burning, mine looks a little better. And it's true. Okay. Is Tua closer to Mike Vick or give me somebody that just got there? I I could see a Steve Young type player. I mean, that's a long time ago, I know, but. um, It's not that long ago. And it's lefty, lefty. I know that's an easy comparison, but. Um, I mean, he just kind of makes plays. I, again, it's hard for me with him, too, because, one, the injuries have got to be very questionable. and um, The wrists, you're aware of the wrists? Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, so, you know, it kind of seems like it could be a little fragile. Um, and the second thing I question, too, is there's going to be two receivers that go in the top, what, 15 picks? Maybe not, maybe three, you know? And so when you got guys just torching guys, you know, it's not that hard (laughs) to just chuck it up, you know? That's a good point. That's a good good arm, obviously. But, you know, if you can buy a little time or something, just chuck it. I mean, to me, that's what a lot of his was. And are you suggesting he had a better Compultation of athlete every time he was on the field, and it may have been easier than it looked. No um, doubt in my mind. Yeah, I hear that too. Yeah, so so I, I so get you on record. Who goes higher, Herbert or Tui Tagialunga? <laughs> that it's a good good question, and um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I would think uh, that Herbert would go higher. Wow. You know, and that's where a lot of folks are sort of leaning, aren't they? They're sort of getting on that and saying, I think it's if a he's safer, fragile. safer pick, you know, I mean, yeah. teams might think they have higher, maybe a higher upside with Tua, but what, I mean, he could be around one year and get, you know, knocked out, injury, big time injury or something, who knows? So, you know, one thing I'd say with Tua is he doesn't look the kind of guy that's going to do the, 17, 18, right. Tom Brady year type career, right? Okay, doesn't look like that's probably going to last. But but is it worth it if you got a great six or eight? 
or five or seven years out of a uh, explosion, uh, Michael Vick style. Um, and if you're comparing Steve Young, I think people would take that for six, five to seven years. Absolutely. Yeah. So fascinating yeah. for Young yeah. Tua because if he's healthy, it's of course you'd do it right now. Maybe he's yeah. back to number one. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. Okay, so that's a hip, and it's not a Bo Jackson hip that's confirmed, but it's still scary nonetheless. And then, of course, in the Combined virtual. With his other injuries, you know. And the other. You know, he's not that big. And he's not so. that. He's, a, he's, a, he's, they say 6'1, confirmed at 6'1. Okay, so we'll go with that on the record. But uh, it's not like it's a Cam Newton body. But, you know, Cam Newton's a big old boss hoss, and he can't find work right now. His body failed him, too, and it kind of left him exposed with minimal skill set. So you you do worry, especially on a smaller player. Right. I mean, yeah, he's huge, you know, and hits have taken their toll on him. So, yeah, yeah. I I would not – I wouldn't chance it. You know, if you're drafting that high – you know, hopefully you're not drafting that high again. You want to get there's some good players, you know, up there <laughs> that you would miss on, and by taking them, so I, it's a big, big risk. I, I think so. Now, yeah, I think you're right, and you add the element of virtual drafting. Internet drafting, um, yeah. technology drafting. Um, will you see much more activity earlier in the week because you don't trust the, the live experience and how that's going to be handled from other teams? Um, it'll be interesting. I think you're going to see a team, you know, once again, Detroit Lions back up against it. They're going to pick number three. Everybody says they've got to take the cornerback, okay, at number three. And then, yeah. and then you think – what are they doing for the law? I can't imagine using that kind of a resource at a corner uh, when, you know, it's, it's Matt Stafford. Um, he has no weaponry. He has no tutelage. Um, now he's going to regress with Matt Patricia. So you could, you could make the argument that since 1957, the Detroit Lions are going to continue the rebuild. Um, for the longest running historical rebuild and, and blow this pick too. Um, because then they say you don't want to take a linebacker too high. That's too high for the Clemson linebacker, right. um, young Simmons boy. But he's really elite, isn't he? Played in well, a lot of big games, hadn't he? If you're taking that high of a pick, <laughs> I mean, how could you not? You know, I mean, okay, a cornerback, big deal. You know, I mean, how how fast is that going to turn around your? team right how fast that can turn around your franchise most corners struggle early right and i mean this guy's no well you know one thing i would want to know about anybody there's champ bailey type you know in my opinion so (laughs) you know and then like you said you have this freak that's played in huge games and dominant games why how uh, just you know, two plus two equals four. So <laughs> I was thinking sense. about it this morning and I was thinking it's probably only once a decade, if, if even that, where you get the team that gets the dynamic linebacker. OK, uh, Mike Singletary, Ray Lewis, elite players, but they just you could 
spread the whole team around them. Okay. Right. And they love that role, but you very rarely see the teams have the guts to go out and make middle linebacker, a center point, a focal piece of the team. This would be a good statement, especially if this Matt Patricia, who we're supposed to all believe is so wise and so brilliant because he chewed the number two pencil right next to Belichick for all those years. But what we saw was a team again, uh, had a nice road win that he, he, came from a head to tie against Kyler Murray's first start and the um, and the Arizona cross. So, so you you just know that that's already working against them. But Detroit ownership felt more than OK that this was the right call for them. And, and again, why you stay in the permanent rebuild. Well, now, right. And and for how long how long are you going to be the Detroit Lions and pick at number one, number two, number three? top five and you're drafting wide receivers and cornerbacks and all this bullshit. And and you have Stafford back there just getting brutally beat down every single game for his whole career and wonder why he can't win games. I mean, at what point do you fix the areas that (laughs) matter deeply because a cornerback doesn't matter you know, if the other team's running the ball because they're ahead on the all game. You One know? thing you're not you're not paying attention to in this moment, and I don't think a lot of GMs are paying attention to in this moment, is and this will open up a wonderful place to go, but it's officiating. And how well do you know okay, a position that is flagged regularly, okay, that is essentially always has the odds stacked against them. Okay, in almost every single play, okay, that cornerback. How do you know that college is going to translate into this weird hybrid defense where the officials have so much range of of what's pass interference and holding and not? So, hey, A, how do you know he's going to translate and be able to play Patsy Cake and keep up with a a Mike Evans or a Michael Thomas, but you can't touch it? Forget it. Okay, they're going to eat his lunch regardless. So a waste of a resource. Is that right or not right? Well, I I could not agree with you anymore, and that's just like it's just the same old lions. If they do that, you know, I mean, it's just they trade a, the pick, then trade a pick. If if you're not going to get a quarterback, do you trade the pick and and accumulate? Because if you're yeah. not doing the linebacker, okay, trade it. Go we'll see if they have any brains up top. <laughs> I would doubt that, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> As would I. You know what's funny though? None of this might not matter, and the reason I say this is. You've got coronavirus and the college football season's easy for me. OK, that's obviously not going to take place. It brings me no pleasure. Um, the thought that the president of the University of Michigan, OK, is going to open the doors to the big house. Hundred thousand Saturdays during the flu season, during the cold and says, come on in, in the snow, uh, rub up against each other, love each other. Uh, this thing's not as contagious, blah, 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 whatever the, and say we're playing ball. Okay. So the idea that we're going to play this year with co-eds, I think you can take that and throw it out the window. Okay. Part one, part two being not all sports can, well, for the NFL, for example, those eight games for an owner at home, those are tremendous revenues, tremendous revenues. So when you start to play with those without fans, okay, now again, one benefit to no fans, pure officiating, unfiltered officiating, un 
compromised officiating. We're not getting into the moment officiating, okay? Call it as we see it officiating. We'll see if it exists, if these guys are even capable of it. Okay, that's the only benefit. But then you'd say, well, is it worth sacrificing all that money out in the parking lot, all that money with the footlongs, all that money with the cold bud light? Okay, is it worth all that to to play this with no fans? And then and then what kind of interruption delay? Okay, so I'm suggesting because of spread and inability to recreate the sport the way they're going to want to in this timing that you don't see these sports return and in 2020 am i nuts um i don't know i think uh i think you make some good points um i would more worry about the colleges being um hurt by those revenues of the fans Uh, i think nfl owners would take would probably take that hit to get the tv money um and colleges probably would too I, i don't know i don't know enough about that type of stuff but um i think that they're gonna have to play games without fans and i'm all for it and i think they'll do it over not playing especially the nfl um i do disagree with you there but um i I would love it i've told uh you know you guys before that one of the reasons i love the super bowls is because it's a neutral crowd you know, and that's a kind of hoity-toity crowd because you have to have a lot of money to get in. And most people just kind of sit on their ass and don't cheer very much. And you can really get a feel of what it's like of these guys just going man-to-man. And um, I'm excited to see that. And, like, the officials, too, we've talked about that, how forever of giving them noise-canceling headphones so they didn't get influenced by the the crowd noise. For you to, for anybody out there to deny that referees aren't, and not just influenced, I mean, egregiously influenced, okay? Here's what all you need to do is make sure you find that as proof. Um, Watch, watch when a basketball team packed house, uh, watch when the home team draws a charge, watch the behavior of the official. All of a sudden, change into dancing and chicken winging and hop skipping down that uh, si- uh, that sideline and, and signaling charge to the cheering home crowd. So, well, why do you think he's going to do that in a mute arena, a mute stadium? Start getting uh, up, up, and up with there's no. Of course not. He's playing to. They all want to be actors, I think, and they all want to be the stars. But you know what? They're officials. Right. And they can't get over that. And the NFL has made them untouchable. The NBA has made them untouchable. You can't say anything unless you want to write a big check. And I, and I'll, God bless those coaches that say, okay, it's worth it uh, because he was this offensive. He was this awful. He was this ref. Um, you know, but they'll make you go crazy. So one thing is, is it would make you, uh, you'd get the best they'd ever have. Okay. If, if you can't get great officiating with no fans, then I'm sorry. They have no shot at a clean game. Okay, Um, so go ahead, though, on the record with the college football playing without fans. Okay, the money, whatever we work. Let's say we work the money out. We get them some stimulus. We get them something that helps, whatever. Um, Mom and dad send college boy down to play. Oh, University, Florida. Okay, Um, and they send him off. And we're just, there's no fans. We're playing college football, 100 kids a school, let's say, 100 kids a team a school. Um, 
I, I don't know. You're talking about thousands of, of kids, faculty stuff, still going to have to kind of circulate with each other. Now, what happens when when that college freshman, he's not really playing, but he's in the dorms, he's in the locker room, he's still in the practices and they're 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 only about two feet apart and they're slamming heads and they're spitting and slopping breath and everything. Okay, Um, now what happens when he's got covid-19? Well, okay. And that's the you know, I think you're right with those college kids, you know, the 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 liability alone. You know, I mean, what are you going to ask these kids to sign waivers to play? About the children. You know, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, you might be right uh, okay. on that. College football is going to shut down. Number two, okay, you've had theory, you've heard talk, you've heard throw out ideas for Major League Baseball playing almost in themselves in a quarantined environment or – Playing in a single city, Tampa, Arizona, okay, and we just play each other all day and they all live in this city. They're going to test frequently. There's a potential issue with shortages of testing. We're talking about going to have to do millions and millions and millions of tests all over the country. Are people, citizens, Joe Blow, Joe Public, are they going to be okay with the resources used to consume and test all these players a couple times a week in some cases? Point one. Point two is what's the fairness of, oh my gosh, um, um, Mike Trout is not sick, but he did test positive or, or tests were inconclusive for COVID-19. He's being held out for COVID virus concerns, um, but he's not sick. He just, okay. Uh, oh, that's not fair. Oh, now there are f- four players. Right? You could lose entire teams over the course of a couple of days uh, and you have forfeitures. You have all of a sudden, um, bummer, season starts and then it stopped again because half the teams can't really compete or play. It's not fair. It's instantly not fair. Do we need baseball so badly this year, calendar year, um, to shove in something with, with new rules, seven innings? and or, or do we wait and bring it back? And let things calm. Um, it's hard for me because I love baseball <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if they want to do something fun, uh, go for it, I guess. But yeah, I think this year already, already it's a wash because what now you got to get these pitchers. I, you know, I see guys throwing in their backyards and stuff like that. <laughs> Made yeah. not very comparable to throwing in a big league game, right? So well, you, we're going to have to get these guys all ready again, then go back, then we're going to have no time. You know, I just I don't see it. Um, and I think the points you make about, you know, you're right. I mean, what? Oh, we got four starters out with COVID, and they got a quarantine for two weeks. So uh, we're out for two weeks, and we got to call up minor leaguers that aren't even playing because they're out. I mean, how's that all work? Right. You see the snowball, the slippery slope into hell. Yeah, you're exactly right. So okay. yeah, you do make some good points. Okay. It's a, well, I think it, it gives hard. me no pleasure. I think it, I know it doesn't. You're just being realistic. I think a lot of people. Um, just and i get it they just want to see sports (laughs) so they're just hoping beyond hope something can happen 
absolutely. The folks are craving it. They're needing it. They're wanting it. They're loving it. They're saying, give it back to us. I think the reruns are, they were fun, but now we need more. They've given us the Jordan series, but you know, that's only going to get us into June. And then we're going to need a little bit more from there um, because we haven't had any fix with NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. We've had no baseball opening day. Um, And then we have this fear of, oh my God, well, uh, have they canceled college football or not yet? Now, same math applies to um, NBA um, as far as uh, contagion in the locker room, losing our best player potentially at any moment, even though player wasn't sick, players out, players out indefinitely. Oh, and this was the, the playoffs were starting and now he's quarantining two weeks. Um, whoever wins this World Series goes right above the Houston Astros for <laughs> Asterisks on a World Series because there's no way to say anything. So uh, right. I'd love to have I, it. I don't think I, you'd I, give I, them the World Series. I mean, you just got to call it like, I, I don't even know, just a fun tournament or something. You know, I mean, you can't, uh, 162 games is a lot of games, and champions are <laughs> there for a reason. I mean, they earned it. So, you can, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'd love to see this. I'd love to see him play sort of a different style this year. I'd love to see him do for the hitting part, home run derby. Okay. For the pitching part, whoever had the best pitching, they would do, you know where they set like the milk jugs up at the County fair and you throw and you, that is the, so whatever staff breaks the most of those and whatever uh, offense hits the most jacks, that's your tournament. That's your winner. You start over next year. Been good to have you folks kind of thing. But you know, at least it's some competition. We'll take anything It will take action. But again, it still violates the the social distancing that we're supposed to be doing. So uh, do we care about that still or not? Because, um, um, NBA, same thing. I mean, those guys even more, I mean, it's, well, you saw how LeBron and, and, and he's going to play all his opponents really physical. He's going to play all of his game up in your stuff. Okay. I would think the NBA is the easiest one to say, okay, obviously with something this contagious, we'd have to be testing every other day. I don't know that we want to go through a hundred thousand tests a week so that we can finish the year. Um, That was your other question with the people, the people wouldn't like, they wouldn't accept that. You know, my aunt can't take the test, but LeBron's got five in the last two weeks, you know, or whatever. Absolutely. They'd rip them apart. Right, right. Yeah. And you have to understand, too, with COVID-19, it's not that you've taken people's sports away. You've taken their jobs away. You've taken their security away. You've taken things from them. So when they see their life not looking so good, not looking so hot, the last thing that's going to put them to bed at night is, oh, I am so glad LeBron James is not a carrier, it's not positive, and he's able to go out and make, you know, a million dollars a night. Um, for the woman in a trailer park in Arkansas, she doesn't care, okay? Yeah. Uh, so she's not going to be okay with that. Okay, so I do think that's a concern. So those are, so so far, so far not playing this year, the NCAA, the MLB, the NBA. Now, I've heard hockey, I, I was speaking with a, a fellow you know, student uh, uh, with me, mm-hmm. and saying that NHL would be the most likely to come back because their players are the toughest. Uh, You know, you always hear about, oh, there's nothing like hockey players and this and that. And I think totally. Um, 
and they play for less money and they do it a lot, a lot more um, gracefully than we see other sports uh, handle and deal with their money. But uh, I, I would say they could come back from a uh, playing standpoint of his. I like their coverage, their protection, their gloves, their masks, their no contact and then big impact and, and you walk away versus the other sports all have you holding each other in close proximity so much. Um, I, I don't know. I still feel like it's the same. It's they all kind of have the same rules. I, NHL any different? Um, no, <laughs> I, I do agree uh, with your fellow student there that the hockey players are the toughest. There's no question about that. I don't think no, we wouldn't <laughs> question it that but you know that's not going to be a reason you know that they come back from covid <laughs> I, I don't know if the theory is is a tough guy just got a better shot against covid 19 or is it simply the fact of hey this this league might be a little bit more loosey-goosey and let let things open up um Excuse me for being ignorant if if I am but why does why shouldn't golf and um tennis um why wouldn't those be no-brainers to to go forward with though we don't need fans you know we don't need fans at either uh you can test each other um a much smaller pool of people to test um caddy same rules apply shouldn't golf be kind of on a we can continue regardless of of what other leagues are doing in COVID 19 um i know they're going to try to sneak masters in here um fall thanksgiving style and then get back on track can we count on at least those sports staying as a staple in our diet or, or do we still think they're going to be subject to the same hysteria of closure uh tennis you know, maybe the traveling is a bigger issue. I don't know. Um, but golf, yeah, I don't see any real. I mean, think about it. We golf all the time. The only time we're really even close to each other is, and I know these guys <laughs> obviously hit it a lot better than us, but well, the only time we're close to each other is if we're driving in a cart together or, uh, you know, we want to go talk to each other. Other than that... And of course, carts are illegal on the tour. So that takes one thing right out, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you never have to be even on the green. I mean, what you mark your ball and walk away, right? You're not near anybody else. No, never. Yeah. I don't, I think golf is missing big opportunity here because people would be all over it if it was on right now. I mean, they would, but he would be watching it. They drool over it. They drool. Now, boxing's an interesting one. Um, I don't know about you, but there's something not right about a heavyweight, a prize fight that doesn't have the backdrop of a passionate, packed arena. Right. How can you, you have to have that, right? You've seen WWE go without fans. Of course, there's always a difference. Um, but boxing, just from the, the two men and the, you know, the handlers at B, um, isn't that just kind of like the AIDS test that, of course, you remember Tommy Morrison failed and couldn't fight his fight that, you know, they've already kind of got that testing in place. Boxing should be one um, they, they can pretty much say, OK, well, these two guys don't have it. So get it on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if like there's too many <laughs> guys in the corner and they're hugging all over each other or, you know, 
Well, they're swapping spit. We know that. <laughs> right, and blood a lot of times, too. So, um, well, again, yeah. the guy's not positive. The guy doesn't right. have it. The right. guy who cares, just like or if the, the guy rat. didn't have AIDS. Or, nor the coroner, you know. Yeah. Coroner can't have it. I mean, so there's limited few people in there, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd think that they could probably, and you're only testing a few people. It's not like you're testing a team right. every right. week. You're just testing once, right? Okay. I would imagine the corners from training to fight night, no more than five guys, okay, that are handling that right. fighter, okay? So you're talking about, and you would, of course, got to test the official in the middle, the man handling the action, okay, and some ringside folks, maybe the judges, okay. So maybe you're doing 25 tests to put on a vite, okay. That's not bad. People can live with that. Put those on, okay. What I'm trying to do is can we put some stuff that we know is going to be in our diet here coming up because I'm getting ready to get into the granddaddy of them all, the NFL, okay. Um, now, doing this math the other day, when you take the bodies out of an NFL attendance. Okay. I'm and all the other bodies that go with that. Okay. Um, so, so this is all that, Oh, food trucks and parking people and all the little vendors. So everybody I'm suggesting, for example, here in mile high city, okay. About a hundred thousand bodies that would normally be at that field for game day. Okay, does that sound fair? About 100,000 bodies, sort of everything all in? Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, okay, you got 75 yeah. screaming. You got 75 screaming plus some, some hanger-on. So maybe 90. Okay, let's do 100, make it easy, make it simple. You yeah. got, call it 16 of those all around the country. I know buys and stuff like that. Okay, well, that's a lot of eyeballs now that are going to come sit on the couch and watch that. All season, right? So we know the NFL could probably make up their gate at TV. Uh, people are going to be so craving. They're going to be so gimme, gimme, uh, I don't care. They're going to watch. The advertisers are going to pay. It's going to be off we go. Okay, so I think we can get that part ready. Okay. Now, your bar scene downtown, all, the, all those kind of um, social gatherings – that are part of game day. Those are all gone, right? Those bars all die, right? Because people, why would you go down there? I mean, maybe they go down there to party, but but without a, being allowed to do that. Uh, and if you're playing games without fans in the building, are you going to be able to pack, oh, I don't know, a Blake Street Tavern shoulder to shoulder for game day too? Isn't it the same? Why not put them in the stands? You know, it's, so I'm sitting there trying to understand that element too, economically for those that are a part of the NFL. Right. right. Well, and the, and the business owners, you know, I mean, are they just done forever? <laughs> well, that's my thought is, and, and I pardon a lot, the gentleman, um, that does he does his commercials, okay, uh, okay, uh, radio commercials about right across from Coors Field, blah blah blah. Um, uh, part of the game day experience is going to that bar, then going to the game, or on the way back, or whatever. Well, okay? Yeah, I mean, those that those bars change that whole area. You know, I mean, obviously Coors Coors changed the whole area, but 
there's most of those businesses around there are bars, you know, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They're food, they're hangouts. They're part of the experience. They're part of being downtown. They exist because of the teams and vice versa. The teams thrive by having that environment set to, now this is a lot of years ago. Okay. But I thought one of the most, I thought I was in heaven when I would go down to Coors Field. Now this is a day game, say like a Wednesday 210 start. You go down there, okay, you get there about noon. Okay. You've already maybe had a something to drink. Okay. You're feeling wonderful. You're getting down there and you say, okay, where you want to go first before we go over closer to the game, right? And you hit these bars and it's all it's it's a blast. It's a blast. Now question is can you survive more than one season if there's no baseball? There's nothing. I mean who's who's going downtown to pick up food, to take out food from down there? Well these there's hundreds of these places. They need booze. They need people sitting there staying all hours of the night. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. Can you survive more than one season out of business and, and return? I, I don't think you can. Need a lot of help from the government. <laughs> yes, you know. absolutely. And you'll basically be starting over. But, you um, know, like how long if you're if you if you're one of those owners. Right. Mm-hmm. And you keep hearing all this news like, you know, I heard guy today on local radio say that. Basically, this could be around five more years in and out, you know? So, I mean, are we going to do this for five more years here? Heard the same. Yeah. You know, so if, if you're one of those business owners, you're not just going to sit there and just hope and hope and hope for five years. You're going to you're say, see ya. Figure it out and get into something else. Mm-hmm. You're, they're smart people. Well, so. Let me ask you this. Could you imagine, it, let's say you're able to escape by the hair of your skinny skin's chin. Okay. Could you imagine starting a new restaurant now, knowing Uh, that if anything like this comes up in the future, you're like the first number one target they go after, close you, end you in 45 days. I mean, some of these restaurants have already been closed a month and they got another month to go or three weeks to go. Um, And it's not it's not only that. It's, you know, even. okay, this lockdown ends here a few weeks, say whatever. Right. How fast are a lot of people going to be going into these restaurants? How many are just not going to go in at all? You know, and that's uh, exactly hitting it on the head. That's the beauty of the coronavirus. It does two things scares you because of fear of life. Fear is legitimate. It is so some people they don't know they get sick. For the others, they're dead. They're on a respirator, ventilator. It's over. It's unbelievable. You have that element. Then you have, unfortunately, the economic element for most folks who have suffered tremendous loss of income, loss of hours, loss of benefit, loss of many things. Oh, by the way, maybe having to stay home and watch their kids now because schools are closed essentially indefinitely. So then do they have the money to go back at that same veracity and spend? And will they change their ways this time? It's a, things will never be the way they were. Unfortunately, it's my opinion. The way you never see those before. This is now in their face, whether it's legitimate or not, it's, it it happened. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, I don't know. It is, it's very strange, <laughs> but well, that's why uh, they call it these strange Corona <laughs> times. Yeah, but I think you are right. I think that people are going to change forever. Yeah. Mm. A lot of good. Well, I think that it can be a lot of good for sure. Um, well, we'll uh, hope they 
to learn to wash their hands, at least be more habitual with it, because we know that that's in your face to do and we should be doing it. So so regardless, one thing is you should see that calm down. OK, people washing your hands because disgusting. But I know they won't. I know they'll forget once this is as close to almost dealt with as possible. We'll go right back. The, the people that want to be slobs are going to go back to being slobs. OK, the people that took this message seriously. OK, they're going to change their ways. But, you know, one thing I think is very challenging to to conform to is some of the new um, shopping guidelines and going to, you know, following the new rules where you can put your feet how close to another shopper, which I I mean, I've, I've gotten stink eye um, from a fellow shopper because I wasn't in my social distance. I wasn't in my six foot, but, you know, it wasn't any misintent. And of well, course, no. I had my covid protection on. I wasn't trying to get up on you, ma'am. Right. Yeah. Like you're trying to get up on them and it's impossible. You know, like if you go, I'm out all day, most places are empty, but there are places you have people. So, you know, um, like today target for my son's birthday. Well, Oh, big shout th- outs. Happy birthday, Josh. JR. Thanks, thanks buddy. Eight tomorrow. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. Hey, well, I, I, real quick story backdrop. I remember, Okay, and I can't believe time flies. I had uh, received text message communication from you. Um, I was living out in Parker, off of uh, Lincoln. Um, Tracy and I had first met, just met. And you said uh, some, the text said something to the effect of, look at this, or, or look what I did. or, or <laughs> And it was a baby boy. Yeah. And it was almost these eight years ago in which you showed that baby boy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, flies done it. Boy, she moves fast. Um, she moves, moves very fast. Big up yeah. to Josh. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. He had a good birth. I feel a little bad for him today because, you know, he couldn't have anybody over for his party. But another he, victim of Corona that didn't get a cold. He's such a. I, I know parents brag about their kids, but he is a great kid. And um, now, what's the sport right now? What's he talking about? What to play? Uh, what, what what's the one to go do? It changes a lot, but right now it's football. So, right well, before uh, this thing ended, school, him and his buddies at school were playing football, so he got into it. I've never pushed him. My dad never pushed me. I think that's why I love it so much, all sports. Um, and um, so I'm trying to do the same with him. And so far, it's going pretty good. But he he does change pretty fast. What, um, what position but, are the skills leaning towards right now? Uh, he can throw really well. And um, Talk about a package-type player. He's fast and he can catch. Yeah, he's um, – He's he does pretty well for himself. I'll just say that. So, but he's skinny like me, so he'll probably have to play a skill position of some sort. So, um, well, so what? That's where all the money and chicks are at, pal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too bad because you know, I his basketball season they were undefeated and then it got cut off. So, and uh, you know, by the way, to the. Colorado high school players, I feel for you bad. They cut, you know, they cut that season off at the champion. They didn't even let him. Rangeview was undefeated. Yeah, that um, 
That's got to cut hard and deep. I just they, don't. You can't play one game without fans there, you know, or let just the parents in or something. I just, I don't know. That, that one was hard to take. Um, so, but yeah, it's hard for these kids too, you know, obviously, you know, coach baseball um, and talking with coach I used to coach too. I mean, some of these kids are looking to play this year to get into college and their season has been ripped away, you know? So how is the college going to see you, you know? And it's just, it's hard. It's hard on these kids and they work so hard. So I feel for them, man. It's a tough deal. I can't even imagine, you imagine that going down the Coliseum or senior year to play George Washington and oh, sorry guys, season's done. I tell you what, you know, and this is uh, you'd rather lose like we did, right? I mean, you'd rather lose than just to not play because then you'd always wonder, you know. You would wonder. I think, I don't know. I couldn't imagine being that close, and then yeah, not just getting uh, losing outright and just saying no, no, you both did very well. Go home, and you never knew if you had a champion in you. Um, right. That would be hard. That would be hard to swallow. And I know a lot of well. How about the kid? How about the baseball stud? Because you know, in some states, baseball is a really big deal, and they're really, really good, and they're littered all out. And it's like, oh my gosh, this was oh. going to be potential number one, top ten overall guy. Blah blah blah. Is he still going to get that same money opportunity uh, after COVID nineteen? And it's sort of a guess on the kid. Um, I don't know. There's going, like I said, there's going to be countless victims because um, of COVID nineteen. They never get like sick. I said earlier, I mean, the snowball effect is so huge, and it's in everything. It, I mean, it really is in every aspect. You know, but back to the stores. You know, it's not only the social distancing, which, you know, like I was going to say, a Target. You try to avoid one person, right? And you bump into another that's walking around the. I mean, how you know, can you avoid it, right? Can't. And then, um, you know, um, the second thing is, um, I lost my train of thought here. Well, if uh, you're social distancing and you're doing your best, doing your darndest, okay? One thing I'll say, though, with going into the stores, <clears throat> okay, so like I used to see a person out in public with a mask on. And absolutely wanted to get as far away from them as possible because I assumed they were deathly ill, carriers of death. Um, now, when I go into the stores and I see somebody without COVID protection, this is gloves, this is masks, this is all the apparatuses now. I think, what are you out of your mind? Uh, you're coming in the store without gloves and masks? Are you kidding me? Um, so I, but now I thought today. They could have already had it and now think they're immune. Um, uh, or, or they just are, I don't know, but it blows me away still that um, just walk freely like nothing's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm out there all day, every day. I, I guess I'm not afraid, but I wear, it's more for <laughs> other people's peace of mind, you know, that I do it. So, um, but the one thing I, I that I was going to say, um, or I lost my train of thought, is, you know, the picking one thing out, right? So I go to Walmart or Walgreens last night, right before it closed, and they had some toilet paper in there. One per, you know, it's like, it's just when is that like stuff? you're in a socialist country, you know, and it's crazy. 
up with the hoarding uh, from our fellow Americans. Uh, right. You know, it's, just because, uh, you know, I'm just doing the math. And at some point this year, we'll run out of toilet paper and paper towels. We didn't buy up. We didn't buy extra. Um, we simply may need it again. Is Are we going to have to camp at Costco to get it? Are we going to have to order special uh, or pay up through Amazon to get it? I just love the reaction from America COVID-19 pandemic, let me immediately go hoard all the stuff for myself and everybody else could watch me. I don't get that at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's always funny to see how people react in tough situations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of being a football player. Yourselves. Especially quarterback. So. Well, let me tell you this much then. So what I'll be watching for, uh, I'm going to get caught up and be brought up to speed on the Jordan documentary. Um, I've, I know nothing about it other than as a young boy, as a fan of Michael Jordan and the Jordan shoes, mostly that whole. Yeah, you like those shoes. I uh, do too. Them. The Jordan 11 uh, still have a couple of pair. I don't look near as appropriate for them now as I used to. <laughs> But I can still get away with it every once in a while. Um, uh, so I'm going to be a big, f- uh, they said you may think differently about MJ after this one. In what way? Maybe that he was a jerk, uh, a prick off, uh, 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 be, do what he wants. Um, uh, what I assume. Well, everybody knew that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's going to change your opinion of them. I guess, yeah, I guess a lot of people, you know, don't know. We know about the gambling and the cigars and the late nights and the women. And you know what? That's all part of the mystique. Um, And back then you get away with it. And, you know, Jordan, he's not on, you know, he's not like Shaq, where he's on every single commercial and TNT and in your face. You know, Jordan kind of stepped Uh, away. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, Exclusivity and accessibility, okay, is rare. Real, I mean, I don't know. Is he on Twitter? I don't even know. Does he even tweet? You don't know? I don't know. And that's the thing is, is he keeps himself so, um, well, I think what he's saying is he's just a little bit better than all of us, okay? And I would agree. (laughs) No doubt about that. But I didn't yeah. question whether or not he was going to get dad of the year or husband of the year or teammate of the year. I just assumed he was the best. So they, when you're the best, you do what you want. <laughs> you know? uh, they, um, I don't know. He was very demanding on his teammates too. But from my experience, that's why teams win championships because they have individuals on the team that hold people accountable when they need to be held accountable. And yeah, you know, guys like him, how, how are you going to, that's why I always tell the best players on the team. I'm like, if they hear from you, what are they going to say to you? You know, why are you afraid? If they hear from you, that's, that's going to be the word, right? So if you yeah. do it, they're going to do it. What are you going to say to Michael Jordan? If he tells you you're not practicing hard enough, you you're would, <laughs> you know, no, you're right. But see, you hit that thing. That's what that's what Jordan had, though, is he he knew he was the best, conducted himself as the best and wasn't afraid to demand the best 
from you, whether that was him being an a-hole or a jerk or whatever. Okay, so that was the difference, because if he just said, well, I don't want to get this guy mad at me, so I'll just kind of let him do that. You know, they don't win six. Okay, they don't win six in eight years or whatever that was. And if he was on the court, they were winning an NBA championship. Um, You know, so, yeah, I think you kind of have to have that. You kind of have to have you can't be perfect in every everywhere. And that's why I think Tom Brady is so fascinating. You know, same championships, long, long run of 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 huge. But I don't feel like we're going to get the behind the scenes Tom Brady where he's got, you know, Giselle in leather and she's strapped up to some dungeon or he's got some weird, uh, totally under underground side to I, I can't see that. That's what's fascinating. We knew about all the Jordan flaws and what part of it made it like, wow, this guy's the best and he's partying and he's doing this and he's. You know, he's got some of these addictions, but he's like still, I mean, it, drinking and playing golf on the face of this game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All those things. Are really great. So I hope there's more of it and a deeper look at the good stuff. Uh, so we watch that. We'll keep up to speed there. Jordan's series. Okay. We'll watch early in the week movement NFL draft wise positioning. Um, I, I'll just leave an outlandish statement. If I am Cincinnati, I am taking offers on the number one overall pick. Absolutely taking offers. Now, I'm going to need a lot. I'm gonna, it's probably going to cost you a couple years worth of number ones and, and, and a lot this year. But I am taking that offer, and I'll just say why. I don't know. Joe Burrow's a really nice season. Maybe the most electric of all time for a one-shot deal. Um, is he that much better than Andy Dalton? Is he built to get punished like he's going to need to for again they go they're supposed to last 15 years now right russell wilson can last that long okay he's got it all he's a get on my back and so i worry about is joe burrow that guy so could you rebuild your team in one draft by unloading the number one overall would somebody or is there even enough demand in him at that pick to say okay yeah my number one this year next year the following year and a two to go with it uh Am I crazy to think they should let that thing go? I would do it in a heartbeat. But then again, I mean, like, you know, if you give a competent team those extra picks, they're probably get better. So the Bengals again. Right. Okay. What's Bengals? Who knows? But yes, it is the, uh, it is the move I would make. I mean, what, what's good having a quarterback because you can get his brains beat in every game. You could get two starting stud offensive lineman possibly you know i mean you could get love to have something just uh and then behind them you know i mean i don't the teams do it backwards in my opinion and that's why a lot of quarterbacks fail a lot of them buzz oh he's a buzz he's a buzz whatever you know how many are even given a chance you know how many step into a shitty team that has no offensive line and they're supposed to break to this high level and there's no way they can do it because they have no time to even throw the football right i mean there's nothing that anybody can do and then they're throw them out with the trash start over again but when the truth is they probably shouldn't have been drafted in the first place and that's the thing that really cuts them so uh, they're no more than us they're wiser than i they have a nice suit and haircut and make all these calls so we won't dare interfere 
I don't think they are any smarter than you. Oh, I know they're not. And that's why they got to hear this. <laughs> it's going to be right up their ass because I can promise you some team come this draft is going to do something so dumb, so stupid, so Chicago Bears jump up to get Mitch Trubisky. We now know that's an all-time blunder, okay, uh, certainly to pay up for. Yeah. Uh, but some team's going to do it again this year. I oh, hope it's yeah. not your team, folks. Anybody out there with a special – I hope it's not your team that does the – catastrophic cost you five years in this draft no i don't want to go all homer on you but what do you think the broncos judy well this is what the broncos should do everything they do should have one and only one man in mind as they do it pat mahomes okay so if you're if you're drafting a judy you're saying, okay, we're going to get up and run with Pat Mahomes. We need two elite receivers because we're going to chase him down. Okay, so if you think you can beat him that way, okay, try it. Problem still going to be you don't have Pat Mahomes, even though you got a lot of length on the side, a lot of speed on the side. You know, you got pretty good stuff on the side. Remember these Alabama receivers. They don't play second halves or fourth quarters very often. They might even be more special than we know. So I don't have a problem with it, but boy, you better be right on Drew Luck. Because if it's not that, you're probably going to need a lot of speed on the edge, power in the middle, and you're going to need a cornerback, okay? Uh, if you want to stay with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, it's I, it's hard for me to chase Pat Mahomes. I mean... I don't. Know. I just think they need to build the best team they can build, and not, you know, and I, and that's what I told Brandon, our Chiefs buddy, last night. We'll have Mitch on. As KC a, Mitch will join us at some point throughout, you know, the entire broadcast of these shows. So looking forward to it, of course. Yeah, and um, um, you know, he talks a lot about teams chasing the Chiefs in games, in games, you know, and it's like you just can't play that game with them, you know, and I, the Broncos can't play that game with them, but they're trying to build the best team that they can, and that's what they need to do, and that's what I told him. I said, I, I can appreciate the Broncos because they see the Chiefs win and they get mad, and they start doing stuff about it, and at least they're trying, you know. I Are they going to beat the Chiefs even this year? Who knows? Um, but they're trying, you know, and um, I don't know. It's hard. I think they need to solidify the offensive line um, instead of taking Is there the apprehension drafting high offensive line? We just – we're still not over the traumatic miss of Garrett Bowles. Uh, Is there I'm, any apprehension here or just fire again? From their point of view, I don't think so. I think they've – think that they've drafted well he was late first round oh yeah it was obviously a bad pick but i don't think they can have that in mind when they're picking someone else you know i mean they can learn lessons from what they did wrong you know but i don't think they can say well we're not going to draft this offensive lineman just because garrett bull stunk and it may be the largest need Um, it is yeah, and so you probably fire find yourself the best, um, but boy, it is those, those receivers can be awful luring, awful sexy, awful well, calling your name and one more it. time at the table with the receiver. They need someone like that. You know, I, I went to that last. Who's game. the best of those three? Is it C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy? 
I don't know. I like them all. I, they're, you know, I, CD Lamb impressed me a lot. The bummer is not all three are going to pan out. The, the, the stats don't say that all three are going to work elitely, a first roundly. Um, and, and so you just wonder, okay, which one, don't screw me, which one's the bust? Because one of them ultimately may have to be. Right. And that's, yeah, that's up to them to figure out who that might be. Um, but the Broncos do need a receiver. That last Raiders game, you know, that Raiders D. And those yeah. receivers can get any separation. You know, I, I had a lot of – I came out of that game with a lot of respect for Locke because um, yeah. he, he didn't have many places to throw to, and he threw some guys open, and he ate it sometimes and showed discipline. And – he made some plays maneuvering in the pocket, and um, so I, I, I think Locke um, is going to be a pretty solid player. But you know, you can't have Bull, Garrett Bowles be your left guard or tackle. I mean, you just can't. No, it's a pretty easy decision. I think we sort of whittled our way down to: if you are proud of Drew Locke, if you are believing he is ten year, twelve year, um, God forbid. 20-year Tom Brady, if you believe that is he, then I would think, as noted, teams going to the wrong franchise, you would move to do everything to make him the most successful the quickest. Uh, is that a left tackle or is that a receiver? Good question. Gosh, it's got to be, oh. Well, and maybe you look at it, you know, from a multi-year point of view where you're looking at next year, too. You know, True. well, is there going to be a receiver like this at all next year? You know, or, you know, are there going to be some tackles next year? You know, and maybe we give Bulls one more year. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I think you're right. It, it, is this the is this the uh, is this your best shot for explosion? See, I'm always I'm always fascinated with this. What are the Probably. odds that all this timing, meaning you had a need re- receiver, this guy happened to launch himself up because of a great combine and he landed at your spot and you took I'm always fascinated that those things are supposed to work out or get to work out like that um so it's hard to say are they going to say this guy is better than the second best receiver next year in college football that do we even know who that's going to be at this point you know see that's my problem is I think you have to draft the need the position that made you want to pull your hair out last year, that made you couldn't sleep last year, that's left tackle. That's offensive line. It has to be for this team. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. If It, it is a tough choice, but, yes, I would always draft the But, boy, tackle. there's something sexy about a sweet wide. <laughs> yeah, it's tempting. It likes to get up and run a little bit. Yeah, okay. just that lions. <laughs> I asked, they did it twice in a row. They liked it so well. Uh, and they'd yeah. probably be still doing it uh, if things didn't, uh, heads, a couple heads didn't roll. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, get your watching uh, itinerary set. It is a pretty good week. The NFL has been so advantageous of having the last start of all our major sports, didn't even have to start. They've been able to conduct their free agency, conduct their combine, conduct their off-season talk without having to delay or cancel a thing. And now they still get to proceed with their draft, albeit via 
satellite, via internet, via location, via not how we're used to. Roger Goodell will not going to do his bro hug to everybody that comes on stage <laughs> here, but that's okay. We won't miss it a thing a bit. Okay. No. Um, well, guess what? Uh, they still get to continue and don't have to make a call on cancellation. And of course, every league is saying we're still uh, a go on restarting. It's just a matter of player safety, fan safety, league safety. So we're going to. You're, right. you're, you're right on that golf, though, man. I mean, what are, are there things we're missing there? I mean, travel, maybe. I I don't know. Maybe travel because oh. traveling every hey. league. Hard, you've got a hard thing to make. Okay, so They're we're talking golf. Let's pick, let's pick a region in the country, okay, and, and players that um, don't that maybe live far away from the areas we, we, we select. Maybe we are in Phoenix. Maybe we're in Florida. Maybe we're in, you know, the south mm-hmm. somewhere. Okay, fine. Get yourself a hotel. You are These are rich people, wealthy people. Get yourself a hotel. We understand you're not going to be flying back and forth every week anymore. You want to be safe. Fine. Um, you can play golf. You can have all sorts of golf events. You can. You think Tiger Woods is not flying a private jet still everywhere he goes? Well, right. And, you know, I mean, how many guys can be taking planes with <laughs> that are full, you know? Exactly. So, I saw play it. one plane fly out of DIA this afternoon on my way back home. <laughs> One. Wow. wow. So, yeah, well, like good- you remember even a month ago you had half empty planes. I can't imagine who's stepping foot on a plane. There's no leisure trips going on. Where are you going to go? There's wondering, no- I was wondering, who is on that plane? You know, you just wonder <laughs> who's on the plane. I wonder things like this. Okay, is this person... Well, they could be going to see a birth or, or on their way to, to something like that. They could be on their way to um, an operation, could be a doctor, could be something like that. Um, outside of that, where you physically – and you can't zoom it, um, I don't know who's on a plane. you got to be out of your mind, okay? Yeah, I don't – I don't know who would be on it. It had to be some, either someone important or <laughs> important, you know. Um, business had to right. be of importance. Emergency. I mean, you can't even go like our friend, you know, his grandpa dies and what, they're shipping him the ashes? <laughs> can't even hold a funeral or anything. Uh, our dear friend and, and bless his heart. I can't imagine. So here you are. You're going along. You're getting older. You know what's happening. And then you're not even able to make any sort of last goodbyes uh, because of COVID-19. Okay. Once again, patient didn't have COVID-19, just the environment of uh, no funerals, no gatherings to close. He doesn't get to see his old granddaddy. Well, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll get him on at some point as well. Okay, that's of course our producer Ray's uh, Razy Ray's putting this together. But this is coming via Skype. Uh, Want to put together another another one of these next week because we will have to make draft um, firm up those selections. Firm let's up do, the con- let's do a pre-draft Wednesday. Okay, so we con- draft starts Thursday, right? Uh, draft starts Thursday. That's of so, course Thursday. Yeah, let's do one Wednesday night, and uh, okay. Okay. let's sure. do let's do a mock. Yeah, um, and we'll, first round first. 
think I think it's a white play that we do a first round mock. We put that mock to play. Um, we of course going to have a post draft show because we got to sit there and collect the winnings, collect the prizes um, for the hits and misses, and uh, we'll clean these up and get them out to the people because they're going to want more. Well, buddy, it was fun. Yeah, it was good. So I'll, I'll, what I'll do is drop this in, edit it up, and then hopefully I could get it out there. Yeah, well, that, um, it's cool. You could probably um, 